To gift or not to gift? That is the question on the next On Air with Myrick O'Connell, right now. Hello and welcome to On Air with Myrick O'Connell. I'm Howard Kaplan. As you and your loved ones plan for the future, you may consider gifting your possessions now to avoid estate taxes in the future. But sometimes it's actually better to hold on to certain assets until you die. Attorney Alan Falk from Myrick O'Connell's Business and Trusts and Estates Groups joins us to explain why it's important to think before you gift. So first off, Alan, I think we need a brief lesson in taxes because it's important to understand the three types of taxes at play here. What are they and how do they work? So, Howard, there are the the three types of taxes that come into play when we're analyzing whether to to gift or not is gift taxes, obviously, estate taxes, as well as income taxes. And when an individual gifts assets, it impacts all three or it could impact all three. So the question is, does it make sense to gift a particular asset from a tax perspective? Now, this discussion is strictly from a tax perspective, uh, but people have been trained to think, I need to gift assets to my children. Um, I I don't want to pass away owning them. I want to gift them during my lifetime. And that actually can be very tax disadvantageous from an income tax perspective. Now, one baseline here is as as we're having this discussion in the earlier part of November of 2021, um, there is currently no provision in tax legislation to reduce the amount of the estate tax exemption at the federal level. And that's important for this discussion. So right now, the exemption is approximately $11.7 million per person. So we're going to assume that a particular client is going to have less than the 11.7 million of assets so that the federal estate tax really doesn't come into play. And we're strictly going to focus on the Massachusetts estate tax as well as federal and state income taxes. I think there are some other terms to know, right, such as tax basis and step up in basis, Alan. Is that right? We're going to talk about tax basis. When an individual sells an asset, they pay a tax on the gain or they recognize a loss and they can use it as a deduction in certain instances based on what their basis in that asset is. And the, the simplest explanation of what the tax basis is, is what they paid for a particular asset. So if we were talking about stock, let's say we've got one share of IBM stock, which we, we purchased on the market for $100. Our tax basis is $100. If we sell it for $150, we will pay a tax on the gain of $50. $150 sales price less the $100 of basis equals our $50 gain. So that's going to be coming very important in this discussion is what is the tax basis of an asset? So in a gifting context, the tax basis is what we call a carryover basis. So my mom gives me an asset, let's say the same IBM share, and the basis is $100, which is what she paid for it. And if I sell it for $150, I now 
will pay the tax on the $50 of gain. She will not have. So that's what happens in a gift tax scenario. Now, in an estate tax scenario, we have what's called a step-up in basis, and this is extremely important. So what a step-up in basis means is that I, that one share of IBM, so instead of my mom gifting it to me, she left it to me through her estate or through a revocable trust. But what's important is it was included in her taxable estate. So the benefit of that is now the basis in that share of IBM becomes $150 because that was the fair market value at the time she passed. Right. Now, when I sell it for $150, I pay zero, zero in capital gains tax. Mm -hmm. So if we assume that my mother did not have a taxable estate in Massachusetts, which is anything a million dollars or greater, um, and again, we're ignoring the federal estate tax aspect of it. If she had gifted me the asset, I would have been stuck with her lower basis. But because she passed away and the asset went through her taxable estate, I now take a new basis, the $150. Right. And if she's not paying any estate tax, at either at the federal or state level, then that's in essence what I'm going to call a free step up in basis. It's not a bad deal. So where this really comes into play, and we see it often, is the, uh, the gifting of a house. A lot of parents want to gift the house to their children as they get older because they, they're trying to avoid these, these estate taxes. And as we sit here today, the real estate market's done extremely well. It and has. Typically, yeah. typically, parents have had houses for a long period of time and have a very low basis. So you know, my mom gifts me her house, and I take her basis of $20,000 when she purchased it 50 years ago. Um, so then I turn around and sell it, and let's just say it's worth $200,000. i am going to pay uh, capital gains tax on $150,000, in, in some instances needlessly. Now, if we take a big step back, we think about, well, what is the capital gains rate? At the federal level, it's anywhere between 15 and 20%. On the Massachusetts level, it's 5%. And in some instances, there's an additional federal tax of 3.8%. So, Alan, uh, do you have some examples? So I do, Howard. I, I put together a couple of examples. They're relatively simple examples, but I but I'm the goal is to illustrate the potential benefits of, in some instances, not making a gift during a lifetime. So for the sake of discussion, I'm just going to use a flat 30% to illustrate the examples going forward. The simplest example is mom owns a house with a fair market value of five hundred thousand dollars, which she paid a hundred thousand dollars for. So we've got this $400,000 of what I'm going to call an embedded gain. Mom's other assets total $400,000. So she's got a total taxable estate, if you will, of $900,000. Now, that's under the million dollars of the filing threshold for Massachusetts, and it's well under the $11.7 million at the federal level. So if mom gives that house to child, the child would turn around and presumably at some point sell the house and recognize $400,000 of gain assuming the 500000 was the fair market value at the time of sale. So that's $400,000 of gain times 30% is $120,000 of income taxes that the child's going to pay. So if instead mom doesn't gift the house and has it passed through her estate, the basis in the house gets stepped up to $500,000. So the child then sells the house for five hundred dollars at a time when the fair market value is five hundred dollars and pays a zero gain. So in that example, mom giving the house to the child is actually going to cause the child to incur a tax, in my example, of $120,000. Not the best tax planning strategy. 
So right. <laughs> even in some instances, even if there's a Massachusetts estate tax, it may still make sense to have the asset flow through an estate versus gifting. Now, one thing about Massachusetts is it does not have a gift tax. So if an individual makes a taxable gift for federal purposes, they may use some portion of their 11.7 million exemption. But for Massachusetts purposes, it does not come into play. So let's say that mom has $700,000 of other assets and $500,000 in the house. So now her taxable estate, 500 plus the 700, is 1.2 million. Back to situation number one, mom gifts the house to the child, takes a carryover basis of 100, sells it, and pays $120,000 in my example with capital gains tax. Instead, it goes through mom's estate and gets the step up in basis. But you say, well, yes, but now we've incurred a Massachusetts estate tax. Well, at $1.2 million of a taxable estate, we're looking at an estate tax of approximately $45,000. And again, we're well under the federal estate tax, so there is no federal estate tax that has to be paid. So the child, uh, because the child's going to receive the assets from the estate, would pay an estate tax of $45,000. However, the child now takes that house with a step-up in basis. So they turn around and they sell the house again for the $500,000. Well, the tax savings is approximately $72,000. So although they still incurred an estate tax, in my example, of Mm $45,000, because they got the step-up in basis. So because the step-up in basis applies to both the federal and state income taxes, the child's saving 30% of the $400,000 or $120,000. So again, when you look and combine what the income tax savings is compared to what the incremental Massachusetts estate tax is, they're still better off paying the estate tax. And that's a little counterintuitive to the way many people have been taught over the years. But given our very high federal estate tax exemption, it sometimes makes sense to hold on to an asset from a tax perspective, again, strictly from a tax perspective, to hold on to an asset and have it pass through in state. Now, Alan, is this always the case? A couple of caveats, and, and this isn't in the current tax legislation, but it was in proposed legislation a couple months ago, would be to limit this step up in basis. Um, so this technique might not have worked as well had the legislation have passed. And then if the exemption amount at the federal level drops down, you've got to look at, well, what am I going to be paying on the federal estate tax side? And is it going to overcome any potential benefits? So the short answer is, Again, as you said at the beginning, Howard, think before you gift and really start to crunch some numbers and see what the total combined is tax between the estate tax and the gift tax and the income tax. What's the technique that comes out with the lower total number? The gift tax. You wanted to mention a few more things about that. Right. So, Howard, the the gift tax, and and a lot of people are not necessarily familiar with what the gift tax is, is that when an individual gifts an asset or property or something of value to typically family members, there is a potential tax. Now, that tax, individuals have an exemption amount at the moment, which is $11.7 million, exempt from gift tax as well as estate tax. 
the main difference is the gift tax applies if you give an asset away during your lifetime, whereas the estate tax applies if you pass away holding a particular asset. It was previously referred to as the unified credit because you either use it against the gift tax, this credit, or exemption amount, or you use it against the estate tax. If you use it against the gift tax, you don't have it for the estate tax. If you don't use it for gift, you have it for estate. The one difference is that there's what's called the annual exclusion, and that is if you give an asset to an individual in which they have a present interest, so you give, let's say, cash, there's a $15,000 annual exclusion per person. So if, if my mom were to give me $20,000 of cash, it would only count $5,000 towards my mother's annual exclusion amount. Um, so her $11.7 million gets reduced to $11,695,000. So we're not, we're not too concerned about that. The reason I bring that up is because a lot of individuals will say to me, well, I can only give $15,000 a year. And that's not true. Anything above $15,000 will start to use up some of the exemption amount. And I will jokingly say to them, well, do you have more than $11.7 million of assets? Many people say no. So I said, well, feel free to gift. You'll use up some of your exemption amount or your credit. And that's it. You'll be fine. You won't be writing a check. Alan, you've done a great job explaining a very complex topic in ways that our listeners, I think, can really digest and understand. I was wondering if you had any last comments on this as we close out this podcast. Well, Howard, one thing that's important to keep in mind is, is I approach this from a tax perspective, both an estate tax and an income tax perspective, as well as gift tax. However, there are often other considerations that will often outweigh or may outweigh the tax benefits. For example, if an individual is looking to engage in elder law planning or mass health planning, um, there may be other benefits that they need to consider besides the tax benefits. So this topic is is really just meant to cover the, the tax benefits or detriments of making lifetime gifts. But again, keep in mind that there are other aspects uh, that need to be considered and weighed against any potential tax benefits. Thanks, Alan. We've been talking with attorney Alan Falk from Myrick O'Connell's Business and Trusts and Estates Groups about whether to gift or not to gift. Alan, we want to thank you for joining us on On Air with Myrick O'Connell. Howard, thank you for having me. Our pleasure. I'm Howard Kaplan. This podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Myrick O'Connell. It is intended to inform you of developments in the law and to provide information of general interest. It is not intended to constitute legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. This podcast may be considered advertising under the rules of the Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. 